I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my friend, Mr. Jack Cruz. Oh, not Mr. Holy heck, Dr. Jack Cruz on the show. Uh, Dr. Jack is, this is the fourth time he's been back. He's definitely been on the show more than any guest to date. And for darn good reason, in this conversation, we get into uh, the effects of holding cell phones, of how having a laptop on your lap is analogous with dropping your junk in a microwave oven and uh, all sorts of really great information in here. Also, the emotional component of how technology is affecting us and uh, really good stuff. Here is a little clip of the show. What you don't realize, when your dopamine level drops, you, you are effectively becoming less able to sense trends in your environment and you become more controllable. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. If you guys feel called to that, you will find the show notes for this and all the rest of the episodes. Also, you can start the five-day movement challenge, which uh, breaks down some fundamental principles that everybody needs in their daily movement practice. Um, I got a quote. The quote comes from Mr. Alan Watts. As you guys know by now, uh, he is like pretty big deal Alan Watts uh, you cannot at the same time concentrate and think about concentrating it sounds almost silly to say it but the only way to concentrate is to concentrate and actually doing it the idea of doing it disappears and this is the same thing as saying that religion disappears when it becomes real and effective but bam Alan uh, pretty interesting all this talk about health and talk about consciousness and all that stuff most of the people talking about the thing oftentimes the reason they're talking about it so much is because they're missing it in their their, their own selves so it's uh sometimes you can kind of hear the struggle in the words kind of interesting thing to, to ponder on um Thank you guys so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link to uh, purchase any crap off of Amazon. Uh, it's on the top right-hand sidebar of the podcast page, lighttherapy.com slash podcast. Bookmark that. Anytime you buy some stuff, we get about 7%. Takes it out of Amazon. Costs you nothing. And it's great. Thank you guys so much for reviews. Uh, Jen Sal, let's see here. Pamela Sal. This podcast is great. Five stars. Says the only podcast that she uh, really loves listening to. Thanks so much. Um, get a hold of us, Pamela, and we will send you out a box of Four Sigmatic mushrooms to support your life. Uh, I think that might be it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Oh, heading to Panama. I'm going to be teaching a retreat with uh, Mr. Ben Greenfield, a handful of other folks. Um, get a hold of us at Info at Align Therapy if you have interest in checking that out. It's from the 12th to the 23rd. Be out there. So, get a hold for that if you're interested and hope you guys are having a beautiful Monday, Monday morning. Here we go. Back to the show. Dr. Jack Cruz. Align Podcast. 
I'm never going to get fully to the bottom of this topic of how the big thing is how cell phones are affecting us. I feel a real, I was just with Joe DeSena last night, the Spartan race guy, and he's doing all this yeah. amazing stuff and he's racing and he's doing these interviews and this documentary stuff. And I was like, Joe, like, how do you maintain energy after doing all this stuff? And he told me, he's like, dude, the, the only thing that really gets me energetically is staring at my cell phone. <laughs> like, like it's yeah, like, you know, kind of, it's kind of funny you bring him up because I have to tell you, I met him at the Bulletproof Conference in uh, 2014, and after talking to him, I I kind of realized he's really in a paradigm that is very limited. I mean, it's like this big. And he really believes that it's about, you know, food and exercise. And, you know, I, I almost wanted to point out to him back then, and I should have said it to him, um, but I was too hyped up about a lot of stuff that was going on at that conference. I wanted to talk to him about the obesity paradox. You know, that's everybody knows about it, but it seems like the guys that are the Spartan guys, the Ben, ben Greenfield guys— you know, all, all the guys into food and exercise, they don't really want to talk about what the implications of the obesity paradox really is. And that's a shame because it, it would fall right into another part of the world, or I should say the story, that these guys don't realize. You know, if you look at the blue zones, you know that guy Dan Butner who, who talks about the blue zones everywhere? Yeah, I'm familiar with that. It turns, it, it turns out, it turns out that probably 80% of the people in the blue zones actually suffer from that obesity paradox. And this is suffering in a good way, uh, meaning that the more subcutaneous fat these people have, they actually live longer. They become super centenarians. So what does that mean? It means they live past 100 years old. You know, you don't see Joe DeSena guys or, you know, these crazy fitness guys living past 100. But you know what you do see? You see old Ashkenazi Jews that have, you know, 30% body fat that live next to Albert Einstein Medical School in New York. Or you see uh, obese Seventh-day Adventists that live in Southern California where you guys are. That's where one of the blue zones is. Nobody talks about this. So what are you so what are you suggesting then is some of the things that some of these elite fitness people are missing? I'm suggesting that people learn about it and understand what it actually means. One of the interesting things that these guys never do, and, and I, I shouldn't just pound on that. This is a, this is a, this is one of my pet peeves with most people who are considered experts in their area. You know what the problem with an expert is? It's just the same problem we have with PhDs. They know a lot of stuff about a really small part yeah. of what they know and they they think that everything is tied to that thing and it turns out that's not it and i look at at physicians being in the catbird seat of this because we learn very early on that it's part of this part of that part of this part of that the problem is we get educated out of that thinking in residency and in clinical practice but you have to go across disciplines to understand how these things actually make a difference. You know, for example, you know, just talking about um, DeSena, I, I, when I was driving into New Orleans today to come talk to you, I heard on the radio that um, uh, Navatna, the old tennis player who was in phenomenal shape, 
died of cancer today. Why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about how somebody who can be totally fit uh, or, you know, let's take some of these runners. Let's let's look at uh, Greta Waits, you know, won the New York Marathon seven times. She dropped dead of cancer at 57 years old. Let's talk about the NFL football players whose, you know, long-term longevity is not very good. And, and when they do live a long time, they're missing five or six or seven different joints. Mm. Um, everybody thinks about that it's tied to, you know, the abuse you put your body to, but what they don't realize is this obesity paradox is tied directly to the stem cell biology. And that's the unfortunate part. Turns out humans are actually one of the uh, most unusual creatures on the planet because we hide our stem cells and our subcutaneous fat. And if you don't believe me about this, Aaron, uh, you're in the perfect place to find this out. Walk into any plastic surgeon's office and ask them where they harvest the stem cells that they're going to put in people's faces comes from their sub-Q fat. Hmm. That, that is why this topic should be explored by people, and it's not. And I think the reason it's not is because people don't really understand biology the, the way they should. So when I see a guy that talks about Spartan races, I mean, literally, and I actually did a podcast with him that he never aired. Hmm. Um, and I think it's because I was very aggressive with him. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being very <laughs> And I remember him sitting in my talk that I gave at the Bulletproof Conference, and his mouth was just wide open, what I was saying, because it offended just about every single one of his beliefs. Hmm. And that's, that's part of the reason why uh, you need to do a really good job looking at your experts closely. Don't assume that everything they tell you, you can take to the bank. And this is just a, a small little example of what I'm trying to explain to you. Um, the obesity paradox is real, it's out there, and there's a whole a variety of people who you're gonna talk with who don't even know really what it means. To me, that's unfortunate. Uh, and there's a lot of things out there like that. There's like a, what I would tell you to do Maybe you can, I'll give you a great podcast that I think you should do. Uh, you need to call up Dr. Andrew Marino, who used to be Becker's, Robert Becker's uh, physicist and lawyer. He just wrote a new book about Becker. And the book, the book that you should read, it's called Becker, the Researcher. You will not believe, uh, when I read it, I just was stunned. I have such a disdain for PhDs, and I don't like to talk about it too much. But this book has really lit my fuse because when I read it and saw how Becker looked at PhD research and how he looked at the published literature, I was like, this dude was my brother from another mother. I mean, you know, and he's, he died in 28, 2008. But his mindset and my mindset are like almost equivalent. And uh, you talking to Marino about this, like you need to read this book. And then get Marino on and say, you know, this is an aspect. Because to be honest with you, Aaron, I don't think anybody out there in podcast world would have the balls to talk about why the published literature isn't worth the paper that you wiped your ass with. Hmm. And I believe that for a really long time. And the thing is, nobody ever wants to talk about it because guess what? When you don't have like a degree and you're doing a podcast or you're writing a blog, uh, 
I, I think people are afraid to go after that sacred cow. And I don't think you should. And I think that Marino's latest book will take a guy like you and you'll read it and go, you know, this is a perspective that's just not out there. Yeah. And to me, that makes it a really interesting discussion with him because when I tell you that Marino is probably the most well-versed uh, PhD uh, in physics on, in terms of electromagnetic radiation, like you said to me before we started recording, Jack, I want to talk about you know, cell phones and how they affect health. Dude, he is the dude to get on hmm. because he can give you the details. The funny thing is he's probably going to tell you uh, you don't need to worry about the mechanisms, which I don't wholly agree with, because I think once people learn about this, then they want to know why this happens. Um, he really believes that as long as people know that there's a biologic risk, that change can occur. I don't believe that. Uh, I think the reason he believes what he believes is because that's what Becker believed. And I think that was active in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s in medicine. Today, Medicine is kind of like NASCAR. Um, you got to have stickers all over your sponsors, so you got to be really careful, you know, about what you say and what you do because it will be held against you in different ways. And the funny thing is, that's exactly how Becker went out. Yeah. He he got taken out that way. And the funny thing is, I don't think after reading Marino's book, it made me realize that Becker never ad adapted to his environment in medicine at that time. And if there's one take home for probably any physician that's listening to this, that is in this space that really wants to educate people going forward, you need to, you need to be a chameleon. You need to understand how to talk to different people and different audiences to really connect with them. But I, I think his book was, was phenomenal, but it is a full frontal assault on modern science. And, I think that's a good thing because I personally think that we have become a master race in studying shit that doesn't matter. And just so you know, Aaron, you and I both pay taxes. That means that we have skin in this game. We are paying for results that do nothing to help people. Hmm. Nothing. Hmm. Okay? But guess what? The people in California where you are right now, they have no problem putting this stupid thing up to the side of their head and radiating themselves from the time they get up to the time they go to bed. Yeah. Can I, so one of the reasons, I mean, I, I always love talking to you, but one of the reasons specifically I'm like, Jack was, I was talking to someone just recently and I was trying to like blindly bumble my way through explaining the potential effects of having EMF or radiating your wrist specifically. I mean, your whole body, but I noticed holding my cell phone, it'll almost feel like carpal tunneling afterwards if I hold it too long. And it's not just a positional thing. It's, I think it's also what's, what's being transmitted through the cell phone. Is that, is there something to that? Absolutely. Not only that, you know, where the big effect came out, uh, when the iWatch first came out, mm -hmm. if you had a tattoo and you wore the iWatch on it, people would start to complain of not only heat, but also the same symptoms you just talked about. And the reason for that if you don't have it in airplane mode, it's constantly, it's a bi-directional microwave device. So generally, you start to get weird sensations when uh, you get about 104, 100 uh, to 107 uh, skin tap. Most people never get that bad, but here's the flip side of the problem. The dielectric constant, which is a physics term, and you don't, we don't have to get into what it means, 
it basically means how much water you have in this part of your body right here, like when you're holding it. So if you happen to be dehydrated and you put this in your hand, this dehydrates it further. It lowers the dielectric constant, so you get more symptomatic. So the more dehydrated you are, the worse it gets. So if you drink fluoridated water, which is one of the things that decreases the dielectric constant, or you eat grains, it's the reason why grains have bromine in them, you know, since 1971 in the States, that's the real reason grains are bad for you. It's not what Rob Wolf tells people. It's because the bromine in it is a dielectric blocker for water. And remember, you are 99% water because that molecule is really tiny. H2O is small. So on a per unit basis, we're mostly made out of water. Hmm. And the thing is, if you have this device, I mean, you know, Aaron, when you put a piece of steak in a microwave oven, what happens if you don't wrap it up? you know, in a piece of uh, paper towel that's wet. It turns out like shoe leather. Well, guess what? The same effect happens to you, and that's what's happening when you have your cell phone in your hand. The problem that it tells me, and it makes sense because I know where you live, well, you're chronically dehydrated because you live in a place that's loaded with other obedient idiots that are using Wi-Fi technology. You can't drink enough water when you live in an environment like that. And, and the interesting thing, that's the real effect of non-native EMF. It, it, it has multiple different effects. But, you know, if you were talking to a guy like Becker or Marino, they would, they would first have to teach you that, that there's two control systems in the body. There's an analog one, which is what made Becker famous. Then there's a digital one. That's the one that I'm teaching everybody about in the world. Any podcast you hear me talk about, I always talk about the nonlinear aspects of life. Well, these two work together. And it turns out the one that Becker became famous for, that he was twice nominated for the Nobel Prize, that's the one that, that non-native EMF really screws with. Can you turn your video off? I was starting to break up the sound. God damn internet interviews. I don't think it matters. All right. Well, now it sounds no. Now it sounds a little bit better, actually. That was that was that was quite nice. So, is there? So, essentially, what we're doing is, could we break it down to like by holding the cell phone, not on airplane mode? We are like cooking our wrist. Yeah, you're like putting your your hand in a microwave. And what does that translate to as far as like? Is there a risk of like cellular mutation type talk with that? Well, I mean, it's probably worse than that. Mutations aren't the big thing. What microwaves do in the body is they, they really vibrate water molecules. So if you vibrate the water molecules enough, you actually ruin all of mitochondrial function, which basically means your ability to make energy within the cells that are affected mm -hmm. is radically reduced. When mm -hmm. you make less energy, that's the stimulus in the cell where things begin to change size and shape, and then it turns on the nuclear genome. And that's when shit gets real. That's mm. that's where all the diseases of aging become an issue. And, you know, the one that Becker tried to warn people the most about, you know, when it came to power lines, um, was actually cancer. And, you know, I, I tell my members, I don't know how much of this you really know, but Becker... Um, like I said, was probably the world expert and the pioneer in electromedicine, in orthopedics in the 60s and 70s. And there was these two other assholes who were orthopedic surgeons. I don't even know if they're alive anymore. One guy named was Bassett and the other guy named was Brighton. One was at Columbia University in New York. The other one was at University of Pennsylvania. And these guys patented 
some of the ideas that they had developed, but they basically all got their information from Becker. And there's this very famous meeting that happened in New York where Becker and Bats, uh, I should say Brighton and, and Bassett were on the stage, and Becker went first and gave his talk, but the, the key thing is what happened afterwards. And I, I read all this when I was a resident in neurosurgery, when I was learning about bone physiology. Um, Bassett and Brighton went on to form like bone growth stimulators. And even to this day, Aaron, right now, if you go to anybody in LA where you're at, um, a lot of spine surgeons use bone growth stimulators for cervical fusions, lumbar fusions, orthopedic surgeons still use them for non-healing wounds. But one of the things that Becker said in this meeting, he said, look, people don't realize that normal bone regeneration and cancer start from the same mechanism and it's alterations in this DC electric current. That's the analog system in the body. And Bassett famously said, and I'll never forget this when I read it as a resident, he said, it doesn't matter you know, what you think, Bob, but what matters is that electrotherapy is coming your way, um, whether you like it or not. And this was, the, his response was classic. His response was, are you saying this as a businessman or a physician? And that really got to the crux of the issue because both of these guys had patents. And, you know, Becker, who was the world expert, never patented his device. And he did have a device called the Becker box that he used. And it was very different than what we commercially have available for the last 40 years in neurosurgery and orthopedics. And, um, to this day, Aaron, in my professional career, 25 years, I have never used a bone growth stimulator hmm. because of the original papers that I read, you know, about Becker's work from 1961 all the way up to probably 1973. And I will tell you today, even right now, in orthopedics and neurosurgery, I don't believe 99 0.8% of spine surgeons really know what Becker was trying to tell the world. Um, and I think it's really important. And it's really important when you consider some of the things that have gone on in our world, uh, orthopedics and spine surgery, since that time. Uh, you know, and not not to beat this dead horse, because I know this is not what you want to talk about, but it's incredibly, it's incredibly powerful information. We had a big spine company probably 10, 15 years ago, come out with a product uh, that was hailed as, you know, the, the latest and greatest new big thing. And it was basically a protein that a bunch of biochemists and physicians made that was one of a key family of proteins in bone. And they put it in liquid form so you could put it on a sponge and add it to different bone applications for surgery. And I remember when it first came out, I said to several of the vendors, I said, how do you know this is not going to cause cancer? How can you control bone growth by using these things? And here's the crazy part. I started to see a lot of my colleagues use this product with bone growth stimulation. Don't you think about five years ago, uh, the first report started to come out that uh, this product which was a recombinant bone morphogenic protein, actually was associated with cancer formation. Hmm. So it took 40 years for Becker to be right. Um, 
But guess what? The industry right now, to this day, still thinks the problem was just related uh, to the, the the protein product. They have no idea that the altered electromagnetic environment that we are using in and around patients is a big issue uh, for both regeneration and actually disease formation. And it gets right back to the question that you asked me, when you get these symptoms in your hand from holding a cell phone, are these the basic same mechanisms that Becker wrote about from 1961 through 73? The answer is, Aaron, it is. And the reason why it's important that you're doing this podcast and we're talking about this, it's just what I, the, the criticism I just gave you about Joe, I, I'm going to make here. We, we need people to go and say, God, I didn't realize that the cell phone question that Aaron asked is actually tied to, to bone regeneration uh, information that's out there. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's just amazing to me that people don't understand how these things are linked. Everything in nature is linked. We may not know how they're linked, but it's our job to figure it out. Uh, you know, and in your case, you're a regular Joe in Los Angeles. And when you held the cell phone in your hand, you, your hand got numb. You're like, you know, this is kind of concerning. Maybe I should know a little bit more about this. Yeah, yeah, I will whole, I'll only do speakerphone, but even like just if there's something about the phone contacting that I feel is different, like sometime, and this is, I'm going to sound like a complete wacko, but I'm sure it's too late for that, but I will hold, if I'm like in my car, I'll hold the phone by, if it's in the charger, I'll hold it by the charger because I don't want to like touch it. Because <laughs> it's upon contacting it that I feel it just, it, it feels like it affects me in, in a negative way. Is there something to that or is it like, yes. am I just crazy? There actually is. And it is tied back to a Becker's original work. He found that the DC electric current uh, could be found even on the surface of our skin on every animal he ever tested. And what that links to, it tells us about how electrons flow from the head out to the periphery. And I, just to mm. make a little bit of sense for you, just think about your hand. Isn't it the furthest thing away from your brain? So it would be the tissue that's most likely affected by this because the current has to go all the way from your brain all the way down to the, the hand. So that's the reason why it's going to affect that. Mm. The flip side of that is think about guys who put the cell phone in their pocket and don't put it on airplane, airplane mode. Yeah, you got to. You want their testosterone level in there. Sperm camp goes next to nothing. It's very simple. Yeah. See, radiation, no matter what it is, works by the inverse square law, and people people are just not down with what they're not up on. And it turns out that when you realize that cell phones use specifically RF and microwaves, just sit down with some of your experts that are on here and say, okay, tell us how much you know about RF. Tell us how much you know about microwaves. You're going to find out really quickly that the experts that you're relying on uh, they're just spewing half-truths that they read from some other idiot. Hmm. So what do we need to know about about those specifically as far as like tangible? Because most layman folks, like you could certainly say I'd be a layman in this world. Um, they're yeah. just not, they just don't have the, the bandwidth to learn all of the deeper physics of the to. stuff. But you don't need to. That's the beautiful part of it. I mean, this is what I tell my members, and I'm going to share it with you. I mean, we don't have to teach lions and hippos how to eat, so why do we have to teach humans? Yeah. It's the same same flip side with the cell phone. Lions and hippos don't use bi-directional microwave devices to communicate, 
do we really need to do it? Some of your listeners say, well, yeah, I don't think I can live my life without it. Say, okay, that's fine. What I would tell them to do immediately is go read Becker, I should say Marina's new book called Becker the Researcher, because it's written for a third grader. Once you get the implications in that book, if you want to learn more, and I have to be honest with you, most people are going to want to learn more about actual the stuff that's been done. Um, Reno's treatise on that is called uh, another book called Going Somewhere. Hmm. And that's where he actually dissects all the depositions that Becker and he did for the military, the Navy, uh, against power line companies, against uh, people in the biochemical community who actually have tried to perform the largest, largest unconsented research project in the history of mankind, which is what technology radiation is all about. That's the reason why Becker was, um, he was a different kind of cat, man. He really was. And the thing is, you know, guys like you and, and you know, the millennials below you, I know how much that you guys rely. I mean, think about it. We could, you and I could have never talked if we weren't using this medium right now. Don't, don't think that I don't get that irony. But here's what I want you to know. I mean, as a physician, if you were coming to see me for a cervical or a lumbar fusion, my job is to disclose the risk, benefits, and alternatives, okay? Uh, bad shit can happen with surgery. Most people know that, right? The, the bigger issue that people don't realize is the same thing is true with your Apple iPhone, with your Skype device, with your laptop. And you know what the problem is? No one has that discussion with you, Aaron. No one. Yeah. In fact, they, they assume that you've read, you know, that book that comes with the Mac, uh, MacBook Pro. And I, I'm going to tell you, most people don't know that putting a laptop on your lap is akin to putting your junk in a microwave oven. Yeah, I feel it right away. Okay? Because it's, it's I will just tell you, it's, it's laid out in legalese terms, but it's not in simple man's terms. And when you read... Marino's last two books. And the reason I'm pushing your reader, your listenership to read this is just what you said. You don't need to know. But the problem is once you learn just a little bit, you're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Hmm. I need to learn a ton more because you're going to start to look at your environment around you and go, shit, so this is the reason I've got this problem. This is the reason I've got this problem. And th- these are things, my friend, that I, what I call my members are off the menu. And and this is one of the epidemics uh, that's present in social media. And I hope you understand this. You know, like on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, you can only like things. There's never a dislike button. Yeah. The reason for that is so that they can keep things off the menu. And when those things are off the menu, you don't even know to question them. And that's, that is absolutely the goal. And I'll be honest with you, they learn this through organized religion. Uh, it, it's used in organized medicine as well. It's also really used big time in the functional medicine world. Mm-hmm. I've actually written about that on my Patreon blog. Um, it's a blog post that I think everybody who's listening to this podcast uh, should read if you're interested in anything we're talking about right now. It's called Why Ask Why, and it's one of the ways for you to evaluate your experts. Are they telling you everything? 
And the thing is, once you learn that there's things off the menu that they're not talking about. So for example, we'll just use Joe as a, an example. He talks about diet and exercise. Well, if Joe doesn't know shit about blue light, Joe doesn't know shit about Wi-Fi, Joe doesn't know shit about the stuff that we're just talking about right now, how accurate is Joe's information about diet and exercise? Those things affect your mitochondrial function, and we all know that food breaks down to protons and electrons. Do you think Joe may be missing something that's important? Wanted to take a brief moment and thank Sun Warrior for supporting this podcast. They are, in my opinion, the most delicious vegan protein that I've found. Um, they are raw, sprouted, and fermented for increased bioavailability and general deliciousness. Um, I hope you guys enjoy that stuff. Grab yourself 15% off on any purchase at sunwarrior.com and then throw in the Align code at checkout and get yourself 15% off. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here we go back to the show i wonder so it seems as though looking at the world from like a dystopian perspective that there's like i don't know but it's a mix of things but there's almost it's almost like a mental illness towards staring into things that are end up kind of zapping you of energy or eating sugary things that zap you of energy and then you keep on or staying up and there's all these different factors it's like being in an abusive relationship well, I hate to interrupt you because I'm sitting here. If you had the video on, you'd see my face. I've got the biggest shit grin smile oh, on. Oh, good. <laughs> you're, you're using this as a metaphor. It's not a metaphor. Right. It's actually really what it does. <laughs> That's what non-native EMF does. It lowers your dopamine and melatonin to make you addicted. Guess what? Google owns the patents on this. Mm. Facebook has patents on this. This is how Alexa works. What is uh, Alexa? I, I, Alexa is that stupid thing that Google's got that you talk to oh. that listens to all the conversations and then, then you get ads on your Facebook feed. Right. Everybody's listening to you. What you don't realize when your dopamine level drops, you, you are effectively becoming less able to sense trends in your environment and you become more controllable. Guess what? That's exactly how Yelp works. Look, just because other people have an opinion about something doesn't mean you should, but guess what? The more you use technology, the more you're going to fall in line with everybody else. And that's exactly what they want you to do hmm. because that's how they harvest money. And guess what? Guys like you, you know, guys like Luke Story, guys like the millennials, I want you to know this. You know, a lot of people think I'm a giant asshole for pointing these things out in other people's, you know, realms. I'm, I'm not doing this to be an asshole. It's because people are asleep. They do not see this going on. They don't even realize these patents exist. And they've been out. And guess what? The guy that originally warned about all this stuff was Becker. Mm. And the problem is not even Becker probably could fathom just how bad this is. I'll give you a perfect example. The Navy in 73 asked him to review some papers that were never published about pilots in Pensacola do you know what all the biochemical uh, 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 changes were on there? They had cognitive problems, and they also had symptoms of leaky gut. They also gained weight, and they looked like they were developing metabolic syndrome. This is in 73 before anybody even knew about this stuff. Hmm. And this was from pilots that sat in cockpits of plane. 
And the reason why the Navy was interested in this is because they were building this really big antenna in Wisconsin called the Sanguine Antenna that released radio frequency pulses between one and four and 40 hertz, okay? It turned out some of the frequency went up over 60 hertz, and that's when Becker pointed out to the military in 73, he goes, this had effects between one and 10 hertz. He goes, when you guys realize this antenna is over 60 hertz, that's exactly where the power grid oscillates too. So not only is the antenna a problem, but the entire electric power grid's a problem. Hmm. So now let's scale this to where we are right now, Aaron. You're worried about the MacBook, the phone. Dude, these are working on frequencies that would blow your mind. And when you understand Becker's original work was on an antenna that was used to track submarines that was built in Wisconsin that had to be moved because of what Becker told the military, and guess what? Then you begin to understand that this is not a metaphor, dude. This is by design. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's the whole hypnosis thing. You know, the average person I, I heard recently looks at Instagram, I think, 35 times a day. And it's really interesting. Like, what, do you so you think that there's actually like a physiological dependency here as a product? Dude, I don't think it's published. Hmm. There's so much data on this. It's not even arguable anymore. Anybody that poses that question to me announces themselves to the world that they are fundamentally clueless <laughs> about what's in the literature. Because I got news. I think if every millennial really knew that the guys at Facebook, the guys at Google, the guys at LinkedIn, you know, the guys that are using, I mean, there is not a supplement maker. There's not a, there is not a social media empire that doesn't know about this. There's not a, a cell phone company that doesn't know this. That's the reason why every screen is blue lit. Hmm. I mean, how easy would it be, Aaron, oh, to yeah. turn the screen to red? Or gray, course, black and white. Dude, it's like, it's like this is like the, the best cover for nicotine you can imagine. Just make sure it's blue light, you thin their retina, affect their growth and metabolism pathways, lower their dopamine and melatonin, and make them more controllable hmm. so that you can give them suggestions, so that they follow and you can harvest all the money out of their wallet. Dude, it is... Game Plan 101, and it started back in the 60s with Intel. Intel built, Intel and Cisco built the infrastructure for this. That's when we moved from, uh, you know, an industrial economy to a service-based economy. That's the reason why this story with Becker is very interesting, because you see he was at the inflection point when we moved the economy uh, to what it is now. And listen, when you read this last book that Marina wrote, you're going to find out that the two people that fought Becker the most were the biochemists and the electrical engineers. And you're going to know why now. Hmm. Because they knew what was coming. They knew what we were going to be building. Uh, you know, the beautiful part for a guy like you and the people who listen to you, you know what your world is now. The problem is I wish some of you young guys would sit down with your grandparents and ask them what their life was when they were 30 years old. I don't think you guys really realize just how crazy modern life has become. So, and, and, you know, in my practice, just so you know, I did a, a study seven years ago on people with cell phones. The average time they looked at it every day was 150 times a day. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's only getting worse. Instagram, how about we add them all up? I mean, it would be really interesting for a guy like you. Maybe you and Luke sit down, Luke especially. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <and laughs> count how many times you guys do this. Because, how many times do you, know, you do it? Well, here's the good thing. My, I always have my eyes protected. And if you look, I don't know if you saw, my cell phone has an otter box on it. The reason why that insulates the RF pulses, because what RF does, it changes the electrical tension on your skin. That's the reason why you were going numb. Hmm. Um, the, the microwave is a different effect. But I protect myself as well as I can. Uh, but almost everything I do on social media is scheduled, and it's scheduled by other people. I r rarely will spend that much time. Uh, usually the, the time that I'll, I'll get on social media, I usually get on my website in the morning to check on my members, my flock, and then I'm out. Uh, sometimes I will, during the day, I'll check um, the posts as they go out. Like, for example, we're talking on a Monday— I, I've got some pretty controversial pro posts going out today, I know, on my doctor page. And I'll, I'll have people on my team that are answering some of those questions. Any ones that don't get answered or they can't answer, they'll forward to me. And usually, you know, when I get done later in the day, that's when I'll answer what I need to answer. But I'm very strategic about how I use and protect things. And I have to be more careful than a guy like you because, remember, I'm older. My day job puts me at great risk. I would tell you, if you ask me, I think my day job is a bigger risk for me than yeah. social media. But I think someone like you or a guy like Luke, I think social media for you guys is your neurosurgery risk. And I don't think any of you realize it. Well, I, so I, one of the things that I do, uh, not as much as I, as I should, but really regularly, like I, I like if there was a, a external airplane mode button, mine would be like rubbed, rubbed raw at this point. So I use that I a guess, lot. There isn't one though. It's a great point you're bringing up. Cause I agree with you, but guess why there isn't one because they can't sell you shit when it's an airplane. Mode. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's and that's true. the reason why the button doesn't exist. Yeah. Also the reason why yeah. nobody comes out with red backlit phones. Hmm. I, I hate to tell you this dude. It is that contrived hmm. and it's, it, this is not hyperbole. This is not Jack Cruz's opinion. I, dude, I could give you tons of patents that are tied to this hmm. and you would absolutely be floored. You know, one of the guys that you, I don't know if you've ever done a real deep dive on this, but I'll give, I'll give it to you here. So your listeners can look it up. There's a guy named Delgado, Dr. Delgado in the 1960s, who basically did research where he put uh, wires into bulls heads and then controlled them through um, remote boxes. And they would let the bull charge a guy, you know, in the middle of the thing. And then they would turn the switch and the bull would stop on a dime. So what oh, Delgado did, yeah, what Delgado did for the military is he said, we don't need the wires in the bull's heads. He goes, once we affect the animals with uh, blue light and with uh, non-native EMF, we can control them without a without any wires and guess what that's what they've been doing there's there's actually a covert cia um called pandora that that's how all this data was generated this went on in the 60s my friend before there was any internet before remember the only thing that we had back then 
that was microwave device was uh, a microwave oven. And the people that had those were very wealthy. And if you look at the development of the microwave oven, that actually, believe it or not, came from Nazi Germany. They were looking to use that in different ways. And the guys that emigrated over here after the war, they wound up working for cybernetics companies here in California. And that was one of the main reasons we got microwave ovens before we got uh, bi-directional microwave devices. Not only that, we needed NASA to put these satellites up in the air to build this network out. People don't realize everything that's tied to both NASA and the federal government from probably 1958 onward has been to change our economy from an industrial to a service technology uh, environment. Hmm. And the the biggest, if you ask me, uh, I, I actually will challenge you on this one. For the next 10 podcasts, you should end it and say, tell us what you think the, the number one biggest risk to mankind is right now. I'm going to tell you my answer right now. It was the 1996 FCC law that allowed us to give the spectrum to the cell phone companies. Hmm. And they have run roughshod. It's the biggest, you know what it would be like? It'd be like giving Pfizer carte blanche to give us any experimental drug in our water without having to notify us. That's exactly what they're doing. And the crazy thing is, dude, when you read the book I told you about with uh, Marino, it's called Becker the Researcher, Marino talks about Senator Nelson from Florida who actually contacted Becker in 1967. You know why Nelson contacted Becker? He was concerned about radiation from nuclear devices being unleashed on populations without really understanding the true risks. So he asked Becker to sit on this panel, and that's how this whole thing started. What was the government or the Congress doing back then? They realized that they were going to unleash the spectrum, and the spectrum is a radiation. It's not a radiation that everybody thinks about, like when they think about nuclear bombs. But Nelson realized it and asked Becker's opinion. And Becker's opinion from 67 to 73, dude, was— spot on. And after 73, everybody in the federal government, anybody that's tied to big corporate interests, to development of the internet, the military buried Becker's work. That's the reason why they took his lab away, dude. Hmm. Yeah. So it seems really kind of like nihilistic and that there's no way out, but I, I so a few well, things, a the airplane is a thing. Yeah. I, I wonder about like, for one thing, I feel like eating a lots of green leafy organic vegetables feels helpful. It feels like taking my shoes off, being outside feels like all like the hippie stuff seems to be effective. <laughs> Is there anything to the, to that? There's a lot of there that you mentioned that are effective. Grounding is huge. Uh, being in the sun is huge, but the yeah. problem is they lose their effectiveness when you're having the water basically sucked out of your body, which is what mitochondria do. They make water. That's what people don't realize. And it turns out the water in us is absolutely the, the key for energy generation in a cell. It's not what the biochemists want everybody to believe, that it's ATP. It turns out water is the big thing. And 
that was the part of the equation that Becker really never got to. Um, his lab was defunded in 77 and closed, but he, uh, the, the green leafy vegetables thing, dude, that's, that's not one. In fact, I'm going to tell you the more vegetables you eat over animal products in this environment, the worse you're going to do. Hmm. Uh, and that's not something that would have been true that I would have told you in 1965 or in 1970. But today, it's 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 more true than people want to know, and for for very detailed reasons. Again, these are reasons that I'm laying out on my Patreon blog. Um, but it, it's very deep biophysical reasons. And the number one thing I would tell you, because I I did a I think I've talked to you about this several times, and I know I've talked to Luke about it because he used to have this like maniacal way of getting his water in Los Angeles. Yeah. Water is the biggest, biggest factor in your life, your listeners' lives, and in Luke's life. Hmm. And when, you know, Luke was one of the guys that spoke with, with me at the Neil Strauss event, and he actually told everybody about how psychotic he was about getting his water from the top of a mountain. And I remember when I started talking, I said, look, Luke doesn't know the science. I do. But what Luke does, if you live in this area, he's brilliant. And let me tell you why he's brilliant. And I would tell everybody listening to this podcast that if anybody tries to tell you that food trumps water in the modern world that's loaded with blue light and non-native EMF, I'm going to tell you that your expert is leaving way tons of information off the menu for you to consider. Hmm. Food has its place, has its role, but you need to understand the entire concept before you jump. And the cool thing is water is still relatively cheap and the type of water you drink and the type of water you make is where you should solely focus if you happen to live in a big American city that's getting ready to be irradiated by 5G networks. So when you guys are walking around LA and you see these crazy metal boxes, like every two blocks, just realize that that is basically an iPhone 100 that's sending out RF and microwaves chronically. And as far as water filtration, is there one type that you'd recommend if, if spring water isn't an option for someone? Well, you're not going to like my answer. Perfect. My answer is make it an option. Okay. In other words, you can use filtration, but if it's coming from your municipal supply, you want to stay away from it. Um, the best type of water that one can drink is probably glacial meltwater uh, from the top of a mountain. There's a biophysical reason for that. You want to limit the amount of deuterium that is actually in the water. And for your listeners, you'll probably go, what did he just say? Uh, deuterium is an isotope of hydrogen. And one of the keys is that mitochondria and chloroplast in living systems, those are the, the two major biochemicals that work with water, they have to be deuterium depleted. The mitochondria do not like water with deuterium, and it turns out chloroplast don't either. And for any of your listeners that are wondering why I said that that green leafy vegetable thing is not top of my list, it turns out that most of the plants on the planet are come from a specific type of photosynthesis called C3. Um, the next most common one is C4, 
and the next one is CAM. And CAM, the two things that we eat uh, that use the CAM photosynthetic pathway are, are pineapples and, and um, God, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. I'm going to say yucca, but I don't know if that's it. But I know pineapples are one. The, the key is, is that C3 plants allow more deuterium in them than anything else. So that means if you're a C3 vegan and you drink municipal water, basically it's like taking a shot of chemotherapy just about every day. Hmm. Where did your obsession with all this stuff come from? Like, I'm wondering like any question I ask you, I feel like you have several encyclopedias of a response. Like what do you do in your, in your, with your time? (laughs) Are you just studying all the time? Here's the thing. I mean, (laughs) I guess, I guess it's a fair question from, you know, the lay public, but you have to realize why did I go into medicine? I went into medicine to find the truth out about how living systems really work and how we can repair them. And I found out over my early career that we don't really repair and cure anything. We just put spackle and paste on things and then send people back out into the same environment they got sick in. And it took me getting sick for me to really feel the pain of what being a patient was really truly about. And I would love to tell you that prior to that, that I was as dialed in as I am now. Uh, The thing that occurred with me is once I found out truly what was wrong with me, that's when I jumped down this rabbit hole. And this rabbit hole expanded exponentially. It went into parts of science that uh, never in a million years would I have anticipated. Like what I just told you about C3 photosynthesis, probably 15 years ago, I knew maybe one or two pages about. Now, because I found out how incredibly important it is, uh, and it's becoming more important every day because of the world we've created, uh, it's a huge big deal. Hmm. And the thing that I, I pay attention to now is I keep my pulse on things that are related to biophysics. Do, do I waste my time, Aaron? reading biochemical journals? No, you will never get a reversal from any science based on biochemistry. Because guess what? And and I'm gonna make this point to you. And I'm gonna explain very simply why. I almost wish we were doing this on video so your audience can see it. If I held my palms up and put a dead rat on my left hand and a live rat on the other, I would tell you that each of these rats contain exactly the same biochemicals. What's the difference between both of the rats? Mm. The amount of energy contained. So if biochemistry really mattered, remember both of these rats, both states, they have the same biochemicals in them. Why is one alive and one dead? It turns out the issue is all tied to energy. And what is energy, my friend, on this planet? The entire food web the entire energy creation on this planet comes from that big yellow thing in the sky. Hmm. So and that's and and so with the prevention stuff, what about movement factors as far as prevention goes? So let's assume that we're outside and barefoot and all that stuff. It's very simple. If anybody tells you that working out in a gym under blue light is a good idea, immediately leave their facility. <laughs> What you can do is you can do anything anybody wants to 
tell you as long as it's outside. And the reason I tell you that, you know, I, I, there's a lot of guys in the functional world, like the, and I'm not talking about functional medicine. I'm talking about functional patterns. Um, and I, and you probably don't don't know this, but. I have a soft part in my heart for guys like Ben Greenfield, guys like Ida Portal, uh, Maggie uh, Aguilar. These are guys that are teaching people how to move and move well. But one of the points that I've made to all of these guys at some points when I've talked to them is that, you know, it's really funny. We don't have to teach a rhinoceros how to move in Africa. They put them in the sun and they're connected to the earth and they just get it. And you know what? This is the most counterintuitive thing I'll probably say to most of your members. But my belief is if you take a human and put them connected to the earth in the sun, their functional patterns will improve tremendously without any education at all. There's a lot of, uh, in relation to the movement stuff, there's a lot of, uh, and this is again, maybe a little bit out there, but like most things I say, but uh, an emotional component to movement. So the way that you feel affects the way that your, you know, your shoulder girdle carriage or the shape of your spine or the, your pelvis, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that kind of in agreement with what you're saying, it's like putting yourself in an environment that's conducive for vitality and, and wellness and just generally feeling chipper all of a sudden really does have a strong structural impact on your body have you have you had any thought in relation to like some of the emotional components of some of the the topics that you get into yeah absolutely i mean the uh, one of the really cool things about understanding you know nature that everything comes back to light water and magnetism is the emotional component what separates us from the other primates is our frontal lobes and that's where emotions are based out of emotions both have a positive and negative connotation so let's take for example um i always talk about dopamine and dopamine gets a really bad name with some of the skeptics that follow me because they think that well, higher dopamine levels are really good. Well, it turns out people with schizophrenia have really high dopamine levels too. Hmm. So it's not the amount that's the key. It's actually the timing that you make it and when it acts. And it acts on specific receptors within those frontal lobes that make us different than monkeys. And it turns out when people have mental and emotional problems, what does it mean to a quantum clinician who's a mitochondriac? It means that that person is not properly connected to nature in the right way. So from the negative side, you would say, are you saying that most people could get better without you utilizing, you know, modern medicine? I think they can made, be made rapidly better if they were able to reconnect with nature. The problem is, is that society is no longer set up to do that. And here's the crazy thing. We don't hear about a lot of mental illness that occurs in the middle of the Congo, you know, when people are cruising around, where, where do we tend to have, you know, our biggest suicide problem? Well, turns out it's in a place where you'd be shocked. It's where all these guys that like doing the Spartan race and look like Adonis, it's in place like Colorado and, and, and in uh, Utah. And you got to start asking yourself, well, why is that the case? Well, guess what? Those people are blocking light waves that come into their brain that actually change the retina and actually change those frontal lobes to affect those emotional problems. So when you ask me, Aaron, yeah, I can sit down and discuss it with you. And here's here's what I tell my members. If somebody doesn't really know the mechanism, 
then it's considered woo. See, if you know how it works, then it's not woo. The problem is when you have that discussion with somebody who has no clue what you're talking about, you either look crazy or they don't realize just how far down the path and away from you they really are. And that's part of the reason why I don't, especially on podcasts, and a lot of things I do on social media, I don't really get too deep into that kind of stuff. I want people to hear what you and I talked about in the first 45 minutes, to learn about a guy like Becker, to learn that there are biologic risks to the things that we all like to do. There's biologic risk right now to what me and you are doing here on Skype. Hmm. The thing is, can we overcome those? My belief is we can once we know what the risk, benefits, and alternatives are. And I guess my point to you is, until you know what's on the menu, you're never going to get or be able to make the correct decisions for you at that point in time. The reason why I'm okay talking to you about this, well, today, I was out in the sun from the time the sun rose to probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And when I finish with you, I'll be out on Bourbon Street because I can see my big plants hanging off of my magnolia tree is still in the sun. Yeah. So yeah. there is there is a way to get around this. The problem is my way around things is not the answer you're going to get from your biochemical experts. It's not going to be the answer you get from a lot of your experts because everything that I believe, and it's not my opinion, it's based on how living systems that either have chloroplast or mitochondria functionally work in the framework of light, water, and magnetism that's based on the physics of this planet. That's kind of my ruler. And so when you ask me a question about mental illness and emotions, I absolutely think it has a massive effect because any kind of stressor can screw up your biology. The problem is, is the number one stressor for everybody listening to this podcast is probably this podcast. Or their cell phone, well, or their Wi-Fi. Everyone, they don't everyone listening downloaded it and listening to it on airplane mode right now. Oh, I hope. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the the thing is, this is one of the things that Becker found in his research. I mean, you're gonna when you read this book, dude, you're gonna be freaked out. I'm gonna tell you about this story since we're talking about mental illness now. There was a guy in the UK named Brown and another dude named uh, Harold Friedman. Becker happened to walk into Friedman's office, and Friedman was a psychologist in Syracuse, and Becker was an orthopedic surgeon in uh, Syracuse. And Becker walked in and said to Friedman, he goes, do you think that changes in the local geomagnetic fields could be linked to people's emotions? And the reason why Becker brought the question up is all surgeons who are listening to this or any doctors listening to this, you know how like we always talk about, you know, people start to act crazier when there's a full moon um, or at certain hours of the night? Well, it turns out that this is not folklore. It's actually really true because when there's a full moon out, there's much more blue light reflected and people tend to go more crazy. That's why they call it lunacy because mm. Luna is mm. the moon. Okay, but people don't realize this. So Becker got the idea to ask Friedman, do you think there's an epidemiologic link um, between changes in the geomagnetic field and people getting schizophrenia admissions to the hospital? So Friedman goes, well, in, in psychiatry, we know there's a link. There's a study in UK that this guy Brown did, but it was a really small pilot study. So what did Becker and Friedman do? 
They got 30,000 admissions worldwide, and they linked it to changes in the geomagnetic field. And guess what? The causal relationship was impressive. Hmm. So just remember, this was done in 1968, dude. So let me ask you a question. Do you think the geomagnetic field of that iPhone that's in your pocket right now? It's not in my pocket. Is, well, you know what I'm saying. Or those <laughs> things that you hear. Yeah. Um, do, do you not think that that's changing the local magnetic field around you? And that's the point that people don't realize. So when you tell me, you know, we have way more mental illness, way more emotional problems, dude, it's no shock to me. The studies are there. We know that there's a biologic effect. The problem is the dominant paradigm that's out there don't want you to know it. The other, the other thing, and we, we got to wrap up because I got a, another person coming in here in like 20 minutes, but, um, as you, you mentioned dopamine and schizophrenia and such, there's a study that you might be privy to already where they, they, uh, correlated high heels to a connection with schizophrenia because a lack of that dorsi plantar flexion, like your ankle range going up and down actually uh, deactivating your, you call your dopaminergenic circuit. So it's like, we're being, we're, we're playing our brains with the contours of the ground. Just so you know, it affects the D five, the D one and D two receptors. That's the reason why craziness and changes in functional patterns happen. Because guess what? Dopamine also controls. It controls muscles. Not only does it control emotions, it controls muscles. Hmm. And, you know, I've taught, I've taught all my people that. It, maybe we'll end on this. This will freak people out. You know that as a nurse, I have to go check people's eyes with, uh, with a, uh, a flashlight. Yeah. Well, how do I know? What's one of my tricks in the clinic to know the patient sitting in front of me is blue light toxic? I use a very specific LED light that's loaded with blue. And their pupil doesn't constrict all the way like it should. Uh, that tells me the uh, retina's thin. Dude, uh, trust me, I am as slick as you can imagine. It's like insulin resistance. Okay. And, well, yeah, they're going to get insulin resistance, but the no, thing no. is it tells me. Yeah, but it, it's like an insulin where, where it becomes it becomes numb or dulled to it because it receives so much of it. Absolutely. And, it, and this is the reason uh, why they have changes in their muscle. Guess what moves the pupil? It's a skeletal muscle, just like the muscle you just talked about in the leg. See, that's way harder for people to get. It's way easier for me to shine a light in their eye, hmm. and I can figure it out from there. This and see, th this is the cool thing about medicine. When you learn all these little things and you put them together, you become a really good quantum clinician. You start to realize a lot more about the patient. So that means that what you tell that patient is much more beneficial than anything you can do from a prescription pad. You know, that's why taking their shoes off, getting to look in the sun as soon as it rises that first hour and drinking the right water can do more for you than you could ever imagine in a million years. You know what the problem is, Aaron? Hmm. People have a hard time fathoming because you don't understand the mechanism. Hmm. And I happen to be that dude that gets that mechanism. Yeah. I think it, is it the ciliary muscles that contract the they, they contract the the lens in the eyes that just for sm smarty pants purposes. Well, that's the reason why I come back on this podcast because it tells me that you're you're into it. You know you you are going to help people out there. You may not be all in on all the things that I do, but <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're all in. But look what my goal is, and I told you this a long time ago. I want people to know what their real risk benefits and alternatives are. I want you to know what you're doing to yourself. As long as you do that, 
um, and you still continue to make the decisions you do, then dude, you got nobody to blame but yourself. Hmm. But you know, for those people who don't know, that's what your podcast is about. Yeah. Dude, there's somebody yeah. gonna listen to this and they're gonna go, dude, Aaron, I had no freaking idea. That's most you people. know. I, well, I hope I hope people pick up Becker's book and then they listen to what you and I talked about and they're gonna go, Man, Jack went from 1967 from a simple antenna study all the way to shine in a flashlight in somebody's eyes and he knows someone's blue light toxic because they they're on facebook and instagram too much that's, that's just cool. a stunt. Like well, that's, that. but see, that's the cool man dude that's what quantum mechanics that's what quantum biology that's what the coming age of mitochondrial medicine is all about and when you asked me earlier jack how did you how did you get this virus Dude, I got this virus the same way most of your listeners are going to get it. I got sick. And I wanted to know. Because when you know better, you do better. And when you start to do better, you start to choose better. And you choose better because your dopamine level and your melatonin level improve. Hmm. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And um, you have influenced me. I think I, I don't know how. I was probably pretty crazy before as well. But I'm like, I do barefoot most of the time. My phone's in airplane mode a lot. I have a grounding cable in my freaking car you know so i'm i'm on board jack <laughs> you don't have to... i know you are the, the, you know the key the key is you can touch you know guys like you and luke can touch people that that will never come and read my blog or sign up for patreon or read my book uh because they'll think oh this is too high level and this and that it's not yeah. This is not that hard. And you're going to have somebody out there. I, I always tell people I do podcasts with, if there's one person out there that you reach that this could help, then, dude, this was worth an hour of my time. Yeah. Um, because you never know. That one person could be, you know, Bill Gates' son-in-law, and he may wake Gates up and say, look, you don't want to buy all that land you just bought in Arizona to make a smart city because you're going to create a bunch of zombies. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, how do people find more about your your work and uh, the books and the Patreon and all the all the parts? Yeah, you can just come to jackcruz.com or you can find my Patreon blog. You know, it's linked through the blog. I'm on there. Um, I also have a book on Amazon called The Epipaleo RX. You can find it there. But there's tons of free blogs that are on my site. Awesome. Can't wait to check it out. All right. I will. I look forward to doing this again, getting into all that stuff we got into at the end, the ciliary eyeball business. That sounds really interesting. All right. Thank you, good sir. I really appreciate your time as always. All right. Bye. All right. See you, brother. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. If you want to support what we are doing and you are digging it, um, one thing you can do is you can jump onto aligntherapy.com and grab yourself an Align band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band and a door anchor, and um, comes with an instructional video guide and breakdown decompression of those joints, self-care stuff, exercise stuff. It's great. Um, some free things that you guys can do, one of which would be, as we mentioned, utilizing the Amazon affiliate link. Top hand, right-hand corner of the podcast page, and uh, just bookmark that thing. Anytime you purchase crap on Amazon, we get about 6 or 7% of that. Costs you nothing. And um, 
Also, you could jump on to audibletrial.com slash align to get yourself a free audible audio book and a free month subscription. Costs you absolutely nothing and kicks us down some, some scratch. Um, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate your support. And uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in. Wouldn't be possible without you. And look forward to seeing you next week.